Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Talk Bookish to Me is the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm going to do the mid-year freakout tag. It's a book tag consisting of 14 questions that allows you to check in with how your reading year has been going so far, mid-year, so to speak. This tag was originally created back in 2016 by Ellie and Chami over on YouTube. And it's the perfect way to check in and see how you're doing with your goals, but also celebrate the good stuff that you've read so far and the good stuff you hope to read by the end of the year. Before jumping into the tag questions, I thought I would do like a quick check-in with my goals and let you know how I'm doing with those. One of my goals this year was to set my Goodreads reading goal to 100 books. It's the first time I have officially set my goal that high. And y'all, on Sunday, June 26th, 2022, I read my 100th book. Since then, I have finished one more book, making my total as of this recording 101 books. However, I will say that mid-year, I haven't had that many bangers. I've had 14 five-stars, 25 four-star reads. And while I'm happy that I'm reading a lot, I just haven't found a lot of like absolutely new favorites. The majority have been like three-star reads, but I'm pretty sure I've given more books two stars this year than probably any year previously. I've also had three one-star books, which I know might sound really harsh, but I've also had 10 DNFs. So there's that. I also made it a goal to keep up with my book of the month subscription and I have, I'm so proud of myself. I have read all of the book of the month books that I have received in the month that I have received them. Now for July, I picked three books. So I have to read all three books this month to keep up with that goal. Another goal I wanted to accomplish this year was to read some books without the aid of audiobooks because I was just ignoring books that didn't have audiobooks and that was not going to work to meet my goals. So, so far this year, I have read 20 books without the audiobook. Go me! <laughs> And the last challenge or goal, more of a challenge really, that I set for myself was to dwindle my physical TBR. And I was really scared to go count my books. But for the sake of this episode, I did. Um, and I think I have 124 books, including some that I just bought. And I started the year at 139. Oops, <laughs> I blame Pango Books and the Book Exchange because those are basically places that I have not had to pay cash for books. And I have found a lot of great books that I wanted from there. And I just can't let them sit there unloved, unhomed, you know? So yeah, not really doing good on that goal. And you know, to be completely honest, like it was a goal for me to dwindle my physical TBR. But like, also, if I can find books that I want to read for store credit, or just credit in general, like, <laughs> I want to pick it up while it's basically free, if that makes sense. So alright, let's jump into the official tag. The first question right off the bat is like the toughest one, I think. 
question number one, best book you've read so far in 2022. Y'all, I know I said I only had 14 five stars, but like nine of those are brand new first time reads for me. And they're all five stars. I like them all. And I read two amazing books in June. And it was difficult like choosing between them. But I'm gonna go with Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Like I said, in the summer reading recommendations episode, this is a must read for summer y'all. It's a second chance romance between childhood best friends for six summers through hazy afternoons on the water and warm summer nights working in his family's restaurant and curling up together with books. Percy and Sam have been inseparable. Eventually that friendship turned into something more before it fell apart. When Percy returns to the lake for Sam's mother's funeral, their connection is as undeniable as it has ever been. Um, And they have to confront things that happened in their past and make sure they're not gonna make the same mistakes moving forward. And it's told over the course of six years and one weekend, it's a big sweeping nostalgic look at love and the people and choices that mark us forever. Question number two, the best sequel you've read so far in 2022. And for this, I kind of chose like two different things. So I read Heartstopper Volume 4 by Alice Osman this year, which I gave five stars. Um, but I also read The Good Girl's Guide to Murder Trilogy by Holly Jackson this year, and those were amazing too. The Heartstopper comic follows Charlie Spring from the moment he meets Nick Nelson and how they eventually fall in love. And then the Good Girl's Guide to Murder, the first book I have read previously, but I reread it and the second and the third books. And that trilogy begins by following Pip, a high school senior who is determined to uncover the truth behind Fairview's most famous crime. Question number three, new release you haven't read yet, but want to. Now, my patrons, shout out to the Night Owls, and I are buddy reading The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich this month, and I haven't quite started it yet. This one is about eight ordinary people, one extraordinary choice. It seems like any other day you wake up, you pour a cup of coffee, and you head out. But today, when you open your door, waiting for you is a small wooden box. And this box holds your fate inside. The answer to the exact number of years you will live. From suburban doorsteps to desert tents, every person on every continent receives the same box. In an instant, the world is thrust into a collective frenzy. Where did these boxes come from? What do they mean? Is there truth to what they promise? As society comes together and pulls apart, everyone faces the same shocking choice. Do they wish to know how long they'll live? And if so, what will they do with that knowledge? I am so excited for this book. It is a debut, reading it with the Night Owls, and I'm very pumped. Question number four, most anticipated release for the second half of the year. 
Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's a new release by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And so far I have read everything that she's published. So you knew I was going to probably say this one. Um, in fact, I talk about all of her books and what I thought about them in the um, Taylor Jenkins Reid spotlight episode that I did. Carrie Soto is back is expected to release on August 30th and it tackles the cost of greatness as a legendary athlete attempts a comeback when the world considers her past her prime. Question number five, biggest disappointment. Sadly, The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley. It did not measure up to the guest list, Foley's previous release, and the Parisian vibes were minimal at best. In this one, Jess needs a fresh start. She's broke and alone and she just left her job and she talks to her half-brother Ben and he says like, yeah, you can come stay with me in Paris. So when she shows up, he's not there. And she spends the entire novel trying to find out where her brother is. And there's a bunch of residents that seem to have something to hide. Question number six, biggest surprise. Honestly, Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez rocked my world. I have never read anything by this author before. And I skipped it when it was a book of the month pick. One day, I picked it up at my library. The next day, I found a used copy at the book exchange, and then I read it, and wow, guys, it gave me all the feels. It had me laughing, crying, and swooning. It was awesome. The synopsis reads, after a wild bet, gourmet grilled cheese sandwich, and a cuddle with a baby goat, Alexis Montgomery has had her world turned upside down. The cause? Daniel Grant a ridiculously hot carpenter who's 10 years younger than her and as casual as they come. The complete opposite of sophisticated city girl Alexis. And yet their chemistry is undeniable. While her ultra wealthy parents want her to carry on the family legacy of world renowned surgeons, Alexis doesn't need glory or fame. She's fine with being a mere ER doctor and every minute she spends with Daniel in the tight-knit town where he lives, she's discovering that's what's really important. Yet letting their relationship become anything more than a short-term fling would mean turning her back on her family and giving up the opportunity to help thousands of people. Bringing Daniel into her world is impossible, and yet she just can't give up the joy she's found with him either. With so many differences between them, how can Alexis possibly choose between her world and his? Oh, it was so good, guys. You must read this. <laughs> okay, question number seven, favorite new author, debut or new to you, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to go with Lucinda Berry for sure. Like I read four of her books so far this year. Two are five-star reads, some of my all-time favorite books now. And I also have two more books sitting on my TBR right now. She writes thrillers with a dark edge to them. Question number eight, newest fictional crush, Daniel Grant from Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez, for sure. There was just something so like consensual, nice guy, helpful, like he was just so good, you guys. He was definitely the good guy, you know, 
And yeah, I can't stop thinking about him. <laughs> okay, question number nine, newest favorite character. And this is hard because I don't like character-driven stories. I'm, I usually like like plot-driven stories. Um, but, and also I was trying not to have like repeat answers. <laughs> so for this one, I chose Beauregard, also known as Bug from Blacktop Wasteland by S.A. Cosby. Even though I didn't like him as much as Ike and Buddy Lee from Razorblade Tears by the same author, I still love the way that Cosby weaves so much humor into his characters. They have these like zinger one-liners that have me cracking up, so I had to go with Bug. Question number 10, a book that made you cry. Now, for this, I've been keeping a list, and I have several on the list so far, but one I will mention today is My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. I mentioned this in the last episode. It's a YA horror story, which at its core is about friendship, and the ending had me a little emotional, guys. Question number 11, a book that made you happy. Obviously, all books make me happy, even if I don't really like them. Just the fact that I can read these books and spend time like reading as a hobby, that's just amazing. But for the question, I chose What You Wish For by Catherine Center. It just had that happiness effect, you know? So in this one, Samantha Casey is a school librarian who loves her job, the kids, and her school family with passion and joy for living, but she wasn't always that way. Duncan Carpenter is the new school principal who lives by rules and regulations, guided by the knowledge that bad things can happen, but he wasn't always that way. And Sam knows it because she knew him before at a different school in a different life. Back then, she loved him, but she was invisible to him, to everyone, even to herself. She escaped to a new school, a new job, a new chance at living. But when Duncan, of all people, gets hired as the new principal there, it feels like the best thing that could possibly happen to the school and the worst thing that could possibly happen to Sam. Until the opposite turns out to be true. The lovable Duncan she's known is now a suit and tie wearing, rule enforcing tough guy, so hell bent on protecting the school that he's willing to destroy it. As the school community spirals into chaos, the danger from all corners looms large. Sam and Duncan must find their way to who they really are what it means to be brave, and how to take a chance on love, which is the riskiest move of all. Question number 12, favorite book to movie adaptation you've seen this year? So I chose two. One, I actually have read the book and watched the movie, and one, I've only seen the movie, but I still want to talk about it. (laughs) Okay, the first one is Heartstopper by Alice Osman. For real though, if you haven't watched season one on Netflix, you need to. I thought the adaptation was done extremely well, and the casting it was literally like the characters in the comic came to life. Guys, it was so, the casting was untouched. It's so freaking good. It's so wholesome. You do not have to read the comic to watch the adaptation, but I highly recommend you do that because you'll fall in love with it even more. 
Now, the one that I haven't read the book for, but the movie was super entertaining, is Black Phone, which is adapted, is, is an adapted Joe Hill short story. So Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, wrote a short story called Black Phone, and that was adapted, and y'all, it was so good. And I loved my movie going experience because I took myself on a little date, a little solo date, and I went to the movie theater, and I had the theater to myself, and it was completely pitch black, and the movie was scary, and I loved every second of it. So Heartstopper by Alice Osman, you can stream on Netflix. Black Phone, you got to go to the theater for, but it was so worth it. Question number 13, most beautiful book you've bought so far this year or received, and I found a Waterstones signed exclusive edition of Luster by Raven Leilani at the Book Exchange. It's absolutely stunning. It's a it's a small little book. It has a white cover with like this squared out realistic picture of a close up of lips with like an orange colored lipstick. But the stunning part about it is, is that the edges are sprayed this bright neon orange. Y'all, it's so pretty. I love it. It's so pretty. And the last question, question number 14, what books do you need to read by the end of the year? And in all years past, I've pretty much said like, I don't really have any books that I need to read. But now I have a podcast. Now I do book discussions. So these are the, let's see, four books I need to read for the podcast one way or another by the end of the year. The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. Just Like Mother by Anne Heltzel, The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead, and Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. Okay, like I said, all of those are a must because they're for the podcast one way or another. And that wraps up the mid-year freakout tag. I've done this book tag for several years and it's always like a great way to check in with my reading and my goals and see how the reading year is progressing. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, the number one way you can support this podcast right now is by joining Patreon. I know I talk about it a lot, but if you're a fan of the podcast or my YouTube channel, or you just want to join a growing bookish community, you need to check it out. I always have it linked in the show notes. I offer one tier for $5 a month. It's the Night Owl tier. So if you ever re hear me referring to the Night Owls, they're the ones I'm talking about. You will receive milestone pins upon three months, six months, and a year of your support. Other fun benefits include Discord access, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes stuff, reading vlogs, printable recipe cards, and voting power. Until next time, happy reading!